All right, guys, welcome back into the latest episode of the Start 11 podcast. We kind of had like a weird little hiatus. I got sick and then uh, Grant was on vacation. So it's kind of like schedules were a little weird, but we're back. And the Champions League is also back. So um, we didn't really get a chance to make a formal prediction in the group stages or anything. We're kind of just going to, I guess, predict while we go and review some of these first matchups here. And, uh, you know, the first one that started us off was uh, Newcastle taking a trip down to Milan and you know, the last like two days, we've kind of been making jokes about Sandro Tonali and his love for Milan and everything. But when you look at the numbers and you look at the tape and everything, it looks like Milan uh, is going to be beating themselves for not, you know, taking home three points in this game. They uh, thoroughly uh, had more shots, you know, the possession and was uh, was there. There was the, you know, the infamous now chance that Rafa Leal had where he was, you know, taking a kind of solo goal and he kind of tries to do this back heel and, he kind of fails miserably, and you wonder what could have been if he would have just, you know, taken a normal shot there. Yeah, I don't know. That was kind of more boring game, I guess, when I saw that was, like, one of the first Champions League fixtures of the year because there was, like, two 12-45 games. I was pretty excited to see that one just because Newcastle back in the Champions League, AC Milan, kind of their rise back from that massive fall from grace they had uh, there for a while and kind of a young, new, built, AC Milan team. I was pretty excited. That ended in, what, a nil-nil draw? Yeah, Milan's definitely kind of disappointed because that was their home fixture and uh, Newcastle, a uh, pretty tough opponent. But uh, both these teams, if I can... No, that's a pretty tough group, isn't it? Yeah, it's a PSG and Dortmund as well. Yeah, so that'll be interesting how that all plays out. Points are definitely crucial in this one. And honestly, like that group in general, like... I think is super hard to predict because there's no like superstar studded team and all the teams can kind of be like inconsistent in certain ways. And I think there are some teams in that group, <laughs> PSG is mounted in ballet that you can't really rely on as far as like injuries go. You never know what's going to happen. So that'll be fun to kind of watch that group play out. Mm-hmm. And even that game like was kind of frustrating because uh, Kylian Mbappe, like I remember at one point towards the end, he could have had a goal to make it 3-0, and the commentator called it a hat trick of misses. So, you know, that just kind of goes to show that he could have had several goals throughout the game, including the penalty that he had. But, yeah, it looks like uh, PSG is at the top of that group with three points because they were the only ones able to get the win uh, in Group F, that is, that we're, you know, calling the group of death. But kind of like you said, it seems like uh, it's a little bit more of, like, name value. Um, it's a group that has four recognizable names it's not like manchester city's group so to speak with all due respect to young boys but you know the swiss league isn't the most uh entertaining or most dominant i guess you could say to put it lightly um but yeah there's there's four teams that have like recognizable names and have like a history to them so maybe not psg but uh, <laughs> the other ones have a history to them at least and have some success so yeah we're, we're sitting at the top of psg newcastle and milan and then Dortmund's in there at last. But I guess in their defense, they were playing on the road. So they still have a chance to draw even with uh, Paris when they go back to Dortmund for the next fixture. Having said all that, Grant, um, one game in, who are the team, two teams that you think are going to move forward? Uh, I think AC Milan and PSG will move through. I just think Dortmund, uh, they lost a lot of talent in the likes of like Jude Bellingham last year. Uh, Marco Royce, another year older. I don't even think he's starting consistently, uh, infamously known for his injury problems. Uh, lost some good depth pieces like Mohamed Dehoud to Brighton, and then just their notorious chokers. They honestly, 
I think Dortmund's going to finish last in that group. Uh, Newcastle, I don't think will go through because the way they started the season in the Premier League, that's kind of the focus now. Just because you got to value the league, <laughs> that's the way they're going to get back in the Champions League if right. they have a chance. That money, yeah. So you got to focus. Obviously, attract talent like Sandro Tonali. In my opinion, even if Newcastle were to bid that. And we all joke about, and I, it's kind of seeming like he does love AC Milan more than Newcastle. Can't blame him, but I don't think you attract targets like that if you're not like consistently at least battling for the Champions League. I think everyone goes into the Premier League knowing it's going to be kind of a battle and you're not guaranteed. But uh, when you're finishing potentially down where Chelsea did last year, where Man United and Chelsea are at this year with those rough starts, like you really got to focus on the league more than uh, these extra competitions. And I think I'm going to agree with you that you said uh, AC Milan and PSG, correct? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have to go ahead and agree with you. I think PSG will probably ultimately win. I'm not sure if you distinguish the two or not, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say PSG is going to win the group. Moving forward, though, to the next uh, set of games that we're really, really big on, Tuesday, Barcelona, you know, Barcelona and Antwerp playing. And, you know, we were excited for that because last year, Barcelona stumbled out. They were kind of in that group of death last year and uh, they got third place. So a little bit short and they stumbled out of the Europa League. So it was kind of an upsetting finish to their European campaign, despite the great season in the league. It was kind of bittersweet, I guess. So it was great to get some redemption here with a 5-0 victory. And then, you know, the the new man in town, Jeff Fox, getting on the scoring sheet twice with uh, two goals, one in each half. So I see you cheese in there when I started saying that. Um, yeah. You care to tell anyone how you, how you feel about the new addition and maybe how it might help you guys in this tournament and others? Yeah. Well, first off, it's crazy how, like, a couple of signings can completely transform your team in the matter of, like, a week earlier like the start of the season, it looked like it was going to be a struggle to score goals for this team. Uh, obviously, as like a big team, when you play the smaller ones like Hitafe, uh, they're going to sit back and just try to defend and snag that point from you. And it used to not be a problem when you have like the likes of Suarez, Messi, uh, Neymar on your team, Iniesta unlocking the defense. Uh, you almost prefer it that way because then you have no real chance of like a counterattack and then like scoring a weird goal or whatever. But uh, yeah, it looked like a massive struggle at the start of the season. Robert Lewandowski completely marked out of every game just because he was our only threat. Uh, we bring in Jao Felix and Jao Cancelo. Uh, we desperately have, we've needed a right back since the Danny Alves departure. And he just fits Barcelona style perfectly, uh, can defend pretty well. Not that like defense is a strong suit, but still can like get the job done, which we haven't had in a while. And that attacking mentality. Uh, and then Zhao Felix kind of playing off the left, not in like a pure left winger role, kind of cutting in as like a second striker. Lewandowski as like the poacher, him kind of creating uh, kind of in that half space in between the lines. And uh, we saw when he started coming up with Benfica, like that's where he was most effective, hasn't really played there since. Kind of in that same role as Griezmann does, but Griezmann obviously does all that extra defensive work. And Atletico Madrid wasn't really utilized properly. Chelsea, obviously an absolute mess. So, yeah, super exciting. And we've seen, like, Robert Lewandowski that game just has more space 
uh, more confidence is happy with like, because he did have the criticisms of us not playing attacking enough. And I think he had like some comment after the game was like, see what happens when we play our attacking football. But yeah, so I'm super excited. Ferran Torres too, like his game time this year, he's looked really good. So looks like we have the depth and uh, super excited. And just last thing, uh, I remember when the Champions League draw was happening, I texted you my perfect group and you were making fun of me because it was a cakewalk and it was almost the like the exact group I wanted uh, outside yeah, I of, I forget who, but I mean, the team that replaced them is about the same level anyway. So right. I think I didn't want Porto, but I think Porto, yeah, Porto in our group. But yeah. I mean, if this was a couple weeks ago, maybe didn't have the confidence that we could, I mean, we'd probably get through this group anyway, but uh, finish first, but I don't know. We're flying right now, feeling happy, uh, feeling a semifinal as long as everyone stays okay. healthy. <laughs> okay, well, now we got That's it. That's going to change in a couple weeks. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, you did, you did mention uh, Porto, and uh, kind of just to wrap up the game from Tuesday, Porto did get the win over Shakhtar. And then um, Group G is kind of that weird group where it's like you could basically just hand to knockout stage clinching uh, berths to these two teams, Man City and RB Leipzig. I don't want to just, you know, I brought them up earlier. I don't want to be disrespectful again to young boys and uh, Krena, Svezda, if I even said that properly. The two teams you expected to win won. So that kind of wrapped up the matchups from that day. And then yesterday, Wednesday, uh, we kind of had the the money matchup in most people's eyes, Manchester United and, and Bayern Munich. And, uh, you know, we got together to watch that game. And, you know, the scoreline, four to three, you'd see that and you're probably like thinking like, man, this is a back and forth game, like like incredible matchup. Like I went sort of caught this one. But in reality, like Bayern dominated and controlled the game. And just like most Manchester United games, they look good for the first 15, 20 minutes. Then they can see the goal and then they kind of just unravel from there. And that's pretty much what happened on Wednesday night. Yeah, and it wasn't – I think the opening goal was that Onana mistake, which isn't mm-hmm. a super – like, if you score, like, a, what was it, in the FA Cup final, that Gundogan goal, like, an absolute worldy early, it's like, all right, there's, like, nothing we can do about that. Dude, hit a volley, hold up, like, whatever. But when you're playing so well for the first team 15 minutes against, like, a Bayern Munich, and you're like, all right, like, maybe we can – pull something out of this game and then you can see that it just is like oh yeah we're manchester united right now like can't have nice things but exactly uh yeah i mean i thought Bayern is pretty sloppy on the night too what what were the goals they had that casemiro like kind of slipped on the ball but like poked mm-hmm. it in kind of goal and then the uh, header bruno, at the end too yeah the header and then bruno had that free kick that casemiro barely like tapped in like goalkeeper probably should have came out and grabbed that but yeah Bayern not looking too hot but they're one of those like champions league royalty teams usually they can figure out a way but in your guys's group barcelona's group kind of like having like a little bit of a cakewalk and in there and like galatasaray and copenhagen were kind of like dubbed that but i mean i think there's some like real traction to the the, the potential that uh Manchester United doesn't make it out of this group and either Galatasaray or Copenhagen, depending on who, you know, can steal some points from United or steal some points from Bayern. I think one of them, too, have a decent chance of progressing forward in the tournament more so than United because they have issues on and off the pitch and it's it's not looking like it's getting any better. Yeah, Galatasaray, like, low-key has started building a team. And they have... Um, they have Zaha. Are they yeah, the they ones have, that... They do have Zaha and they have, I know, like, Eden Dzeko left from... Uh, from Milan, I know um, Mauro Icardi oh, is there, and like Hakim Ziyech, I think, is there. Yeah, did he? Oh, he is there for some reason. Angelino from Leipzig, is he? Was that like a loan? I don't know, Lucas Torreira is there. 
uh, Ndombele. Like, they have, like, a decent... Oh, I didn't know. Wait, Davison Sanchez went to Galatasaray? That's right, because we were... Because Morgan, we were giving him a hard time about him, and then I was like, wow, that's a terrible yeah. loss. I mean, it's kind of a team of just, like, weird misfits. Like, Lucas Torreira at Arsenal for a while looked like he could kind of... He could potentially be, like, a really solid, like, potentially brink, like, world-class uh, CDM, but kind of fell off or whatever, so... They have like this team of misfits, but they got some names. Like you never know. And so the Turkish league is a tough place to play. Like the fans yeah. are wild over there. It is pretty intimidating. So I wouldn't be surprised. Bayern probably can handle it. But I think just like the mentality at Manchester United, that could be a place they could drop points. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. Moving forward, though. Kind of hoping um, for it. I mean, I I hope for it, but I also hope for some good football. So, you know, whichever happens, yeah. happens. I'm also speaking for Morgan because he made it. Very clear. He did not win Manchester United coming out of this group. Well, speaking of teams that Morgan doesn't like, let's pivot over to <laughs> Arsenal because, like, great um, transition. Yeah, I mean, we're we're talking about like cakewalk groups and like, yeah. Just, I keep saying with all due respect, that's like the phrase of the day. That's what Farah's saying. Um, <laughs> that's why PSV, Sevilla, Lens, and Arsenal are on the group, and like Arsenal is like the heavy favorite. And I mean, Danny, your roommate, Arsenal fan, yep. resident, you know provider of content for us it seems like he uh he was chiming in and saying like you know out of all the teams in the group psv was the one that i thought would give arsenal the most fits or be the most competition with points and everything and then arsenal goes out there and you know saka nets one before 10 minutes even happens and you know before halftime they already have thrown it three nil and then odegaard finishes off get them a goal <laughs> just yeah <goal. laughs> um but yeah he he helps them lift into the four nil win and you know they they look like they're primed to make a little bit of a run you said semifinals for barcelona as, as the expectation but i think danny said that as well yesterday i could be mistaken <laughs> i don't remember for sure but i think arsenal's got to be yeah feeling pretty good looking forward in this competition. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, first off, the final thing, it's going to change week week to week. Because mm-hmm. uh, back when they what, lost or drew to Fulham in the Prem a couple weeks ago, uh, they went down early, came back, went ahead, and then ended up drawing. He was like, yeah, this team, like, who knows if we even make it out of the group. So definitely keep an eye on that. But, yeah, I always thought going into this, like, the nerves of your first Champions League game back in a while. Was it? I'm not sure if he was even at the Emirates. They might have been away too. Regardless, I did think PSV was probably the toughest team in this group. I think Sevilla, for some whatever reason, and competitions that aren't La Liga are pretty dominant. Uh, they're probably purposely aiming for that Europa League yeah. spot because that's pretty much a guaranteed uh, trophy for them at this point for sure trying to drop down yeah and then uh who's the other team in that group psv sevilla and long um, long yeah <laughs> shout out to evan i'm sorry the pronunciation but uh i mean they finished they almost uh last week of the year could have i think if psg didn't win uh their game and i think they did with like a pretty late goal uh lawns would have won uh the league but Uh, Right now, I think they're sitting last in the French League, which isn't a great sign. But yeah, the other two I thought was going to be pretty good competition. If I'm not mistaken, I think PSV won the Eredivisie last year. Could be wrong, but... Feyenoord. Okay, yeah, you might be right. But still, that's like a dominant Dutch team. I say they're a top five league in the world because the French League, not top five. I thought I was going to give them some problems. Obviously, I think... I think they still need depth kind of to go far in all the tournaments. But, yeah, I mean, that was an impressive first game. 
a great start gives you confidence going forward. 100%. Now, moving on to, I guess, some of the uh, other powerhouses that we have. There's, um, you know, Napoli picking up three points in their group. Real Madrid also in that group picking up three points. Uh, the Madrid game was interesting because it looked like they were going to have a draw with Union Berlin. And that would have been massive for, for Berlin, of course. But then, uh, you know, the, the man who keeps saving them in the last minute, it seems like all season so far, Jude Bellingham with the 94th minute goal granted it was it was pretty fortunate you know just landing right in his lap and he got a chance to tap it in but a goal is a goal and a win's a win so um you know his his strong season continues and they're going to continue to build from here they're going to have Vinicius Jr. coming back next time around probably definitely by the time uh it comes to uh comes down to the home stretch they'll have Vinicius back so um they look primed to either win the group or second place with with Napoli in that group too uh, just like we talked about the city and and Leipzig group, unfortunately, to, you know, as fun of a story as Union Berlin is, it looks like it's going to be those two teams we just mentioned. Yeah, Real Madrid has been frustrating as a Barcelona fan. Uh, to be fair, too, that Jude Bellium goal, it, for the game, if you're just looking at, like, the score, you're like, oh, like, Union Berlin, but they were kind of on the defensive. It was at the Bernabeu, so pretty tough place to play. I think Berlin were going in just trying to have, a, like, secure take whatever they could, a point. Uh, came down to the last minute. Jude Bellingham, like you said, has been doing this all year, unfortunately. I thought with Vinicius being out, uh, this might be a time we can at least tie it up in the league or go ahead of Madrid. Hopefully they drop points, but they've just been doing this all year. But Napoli, like last year was the year, and I feel like it's such a kind of disappointment because you look at them now I was wondering what they were going to do in the transfer window to bolster that team back I know they're willing to sell pretty much anybody on the team just so they can have the money to try and keep Kavara Shelia and Osman as long as they can but and also losing Spalletti they just haven't built this team quite yet to be like like obviously long season we'll see if uh, they can find some form but aren't as dominant as they were last year the play isn't as like fluid and attacking uh, I think Real Madrid and uh, Napoli like you said are going to come out of the group but yeah it'll be interesting to see how Napoli does and uh, how that team like continues to develop throughout the year because uh, again lost a lot of really solid pieces win the Serie A last year and go to this what they only went to quarterfinals right because AC yeah, Milan knocked them out mm -hmm. yeah now um one last question regarding the Champions League is it seems like every year there's one team that kind of comes out of nowhere and outperforms their projection um last year we kind of had both of the Milan teams kind of come out of nowhere as well as I think Benfica made the run to the quarterfinals and then um there was the one year where uh, I think it was was it Sociedad who beat or no it was Villarreal who beat uh Bayern yeah, Bayern. yeah yeah so you know you always got the in Ajax the uh, final four run when uh Liverpool won the Champions League there's always that one team that kind of just like makes that run that no one's really expecting is there anyone that you can think of that um I know it's been one game but is there anyone that you could see making a run further than what we could you know just their name value provides I'm gonna go with a Spanish team I mean, this definitely might not happen, uh, but I'm really trying to pick like a true underdog. And they drew this week with Inter Milan. I'm going to go Real Sociedad. From what I've seen, like in the league, like how they play, uh, they look kind of dangerous. I think they're a sneaky team. And I think the group right now, uh, Salzburg has three points. Uh, Inter Sociedad have one and Benfica. I think that's a group they can kind of slip in and steal a spot. And then, I mean, we've seen it 
time and time again in the Champions League, like you said, the Real. We, we've seen like the Spanish teams kind of dominate for so many years. It might be something about like the style of play. I have no idea, but uh, depending on the draw, you know, you never know what can happen. And I think Sociedad is a real sneaky team in this competition, or potentially glad, could be. I'm glad that you chose them because I was really considering choosing them as mine. But yeah, yeah. I ultimately went away with them, just went away from them just because I'm not as familiar. So I feel comfortable making that decision. Having said all that, I'm going with the team that I'm also not too, too familiar with. But I'm going to go with uh, Feyenoord because... Uh, they did win the area division last year. I did confirm that while uh, we were recording here. You know, I just, I just think that uh, we're we're due on one of these Dutch teams. I, I mentioned Ajax. We're due on one of these teams to help elevate that league again. None of this is is based off of anything to you know back me up with uh with you yeah. know real numbers or you know real uh, substantial information. This is just kind of like shooting from the hip. So. I'm um, hoping they live up to that expectation for me. I was also thinking Lazio because of the way that they equalized the game against Atletico Madrid late with that goalie header. That was really awesome. I think, you know, just moments like that, you know, teams can rally behind. But Feyenoord leading the group, I just kind of was like, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna go with them instead. So it's definitely going to be yeah. someone from that E group for me. Yeah, I was about to say, that's a good shout because, like, I could see maybe not Celtic, but it only takes a couple games to swing some points. Feyenoord, great shout. They got the three points early. But, yeah, I could see three of those teams, like, if any kind of combination going through. Uh, I think Mm -hmm. that's a great shout. But shout out Lazio's goalkeeper. More goals than Mudrick in 2023-2024 season so far. And in the Champions League. That's pretty sad, to be honest. Speaking of people you know, getting their first goals in the Champions League. I'm glad that Saka scored so early in that game because now the meme is like about like, oh, this person having more Champions League because it's just like the Arsenal, <laughs> yeah. the Champions League. It's just like they're just taking out on Saka and it's like, what did he ever do? Like, he's always just been a good guy. So yeah. uh, I'm glad that he got that goal. But on the since... flip end of uh, Arsenal goal scoring, I think we're a couple games out from Havertz being 007. I think we're one game away. Okay, because Morgan sent some meme, I think, and I was like, "Damn, he's oh, really." Oh, if it happens in the happens in the North London Derby, as I'd say, that's that's the last topic I have on the rundown. It's like North London Derby, so like predictions, projections. Who do you think's gonna win? Does Kai Havertz shake the 007 allegations? That's the that's like the main question, really. Yeah, let's see. Nine o'clock Sunday, our time, Eastern Standard Time, at the Emirates. I don't know. I mean. Spurs have had all week to prepare for Arsenal because no European competition. Arsenal just had played all their starters against PSV, potentially in the Netherlands, which isn't too crazy of a, but it's still traveling. They played Wednesday, so it was like the later of the. I actually looked two. it up and they did play in the Emirates this past week. Okay. Okay. I don't know. Like, Arsenal in the league this year haven't been too crazy. I mean, they won, what, last week 1-0 against Everton. Uh, they've been kind of hard goal. to yeah, read recently. Spurs just seem on an absolute high, so it's hard to like bet against them. But again, rivalry at the Emirates. Sorry to say, Morgan, I'm probably going to go like a 3-2 Arsenal win, maybe a 2-2 draw. Yeah, but I'm, that's I'm... still good for where we saw Spurs last year. I mean, right. can't mm. complain about that. The preseason projections, like none of, I don't think, I mean, Morgan as a Spurs fan, he's going to ride with them. So I don't know if I can chop it up to him having seen this coming, but you know, we're united and I don't think we even predicted them to get to the conference league or anything. We had like Villa ahead of them on our predicted predictions, I think. So definitely, you know, like you said, it's, it's definitely great for them considering the expectations. Plus like 
on the road, Arsenal, like if you can get a point and prevent them from getting points too, it's like, I guess it's a plus. Mm-hmm. And they have, uh, they have Liverpool next week. So wait, we'll Arsenal see. do or Spurs do? Spurs have Liverpool the next week. Okay. So it'll be interesting to see, like, you know, they put all their eggs in one basket or if, like, they can manage the two of them because sometimes teams get caught looking ahead, you know, their next few fixtures and everything, and you can get caught slipping. Yeah, and these early European competitions for Liverpool and Arsenal, I mean, you got to kind of focus on those as well. seems like, obviously, both teams are going to be pretty serious about those. So, But, yeah, honestly, though, like I say, I feel kind of confident about, like, a Arsenal win, but I could see it going either way. I mean, Ange probably has uh, those guys fired up, ready to go. So I'm excited to watch that. I think we're going to watch that together Sunday. So I'm excited. Right. I'm excited, too. Liverpool and, and West Ham play at the same time, but it's just going to be like, I'll have to like have that on the side and like, have yeah. my, you know, main focus on the rivalry game. Cause I mean, it's a rivalry game. What's funny to me is I think on the Peacock, not Peacock, you know, normally during the Sunday night or Sunday games and Saturday games, like, uh, NBC will have like the main game on like USA, like, you know, cable network. And yeah. uh, the other games on Peacock, the streaming service. And I'm, I'm looking at the games this week and I think it's like, Bournemouth versus like Brighton is the like game that's on like USA cable, which is just kind of funny because you got West Ham and Liverpool and you got Tottenham and Arsenal. And it's like out of all the games to put on like the, the like main game. Kind of yeah. Funny. Like our equivalent to like Sunday night football, Monday night. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, let's see. Oh, they shifted it to Sheffield and Newcastle is the late game Sunday. Okay. Brighton and Bournemouth are at nine but that's but, the one that's on like usa now oh, so. okay out of that yeah that's strange i mean brighton are kind of electric maybe they just want to show people an absolute beat down they lost today in the uh europe league to I, Athens. i'm not surprised by that because i was uh you know i was thinking about throwing some money or something about it but i ultimately mm-hmm. did just because i wasn't confident that my logic was that it's their first ever European game. So like, you know, maybe the lights might be a little too bright for them or, you know, they, they might be not ready. And, you know, that's, they got like Milner and like Danny Welbeck, guys who have been European games, but still like the rest of these guys are young and deserve to be yeah. young. So I wasn't bright- surprised to hear that. They played a strong lineup too on a Thursday game. So good thing they play Sunday. At least you get an extra day of rest. But yeah, I'm pretty sad for my Brighton, but we're we're doing all right in the league league we'll be in the champions league next year hopefully i mean with the way that chelsea united newcastle all looked i wouldn't be surprised if brighton does finish top four yeah um, it'll be fun to see some like weird teams from the prem make it in you're right seeing brighton play like real madrid or something like that that'd be crazy brighton like at barcelona on like a wednesday night it would just right. be like really strange all those people in brighton it's like barcelona's coming to town or like yeah you know like byron munich's coming to town milan's coming to town it's like whoa yeah it was like watching lester do it I forget who was in their group. I think they finished third the year after they won the Prem uh, in their Champions League group. But yeah, it was definitely kind of strange seeing like Leicester City represent uh, the Prem in the Champions League. Yeah, but I think that covers everything. So I don't know when the Champions League picks back up when the next fixtures are. I think maybe like, let's let me look real quick. It says October 3rd. Oh, that's really so... the next. So like two more weeks maybe. Yeah, every other week, I think, maybe. Yeah, so let's just call it every other week. We'll get those Champions League pictures. We'll be able to talk about those. And then, you know, the the Champions or the, uh, the rivalry game this weekend and some other great pictures, we'll be able to further evaluate the, the tables and whatnot for the respective leagues that we like to cover most. So, yeah, thanks for tuning in, guys, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Come on, you Spurs.